as uh, the church, the followers of Jesus Christ are giving the offering, expressing their love and worship to God, I just want to say that our service is streamed and people are watching from all over the world. And the live stream, I'm sure people are watching. watching. Welcome wherever you are joining Santa Clara First Baptist Church. And this will help you. Uh, if you have Android, uh, Apple, you can go to the app and download Santa Clara First Baptist Church. We have an app. And at the bottom, there are icons. One of them says sermon. You can click on that, and then you can follow the sermon outline. Uh, that is for those who are not here, and there's for those who are here. It's one time that you can actually take out your phone and download it, right? Um, so we have cool stuff going on here at our church. Uh, cool thing, because God has gifted many great people to do good work for the Lord. So let's, uh, um, let's give a big hand to our staff, to our volunteers, people that are involved in making the kingdom of God real and meaningful and personal to them. So let's give a big hand to all of them. Yeah. And now I would like us to prepare our heart to hear what God has to say, to see what God is doing in our life, and to feel how He's moving in this church. Can we take just a quiet moment to connect with the Holy Spirit? Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that will show up mightily here, meaningfully and personally here this morning. Prepare my heart. Prepare the hearts of other people. We welcome you this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week we looked at the mission of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1. And today we're looking in Acts chapter 2, the message of the Holy Spirit. Now at the end of the service, I'm going to ask Pastor Dan and Pastor Jonathan, and they will come forward here and they will pray for you. And what are we praying for? The Spirit of God is going to speak to you this morning in different ways to all of you. And we'll pray for the, the Spirit of God to fill you, to do the work that God has called you to do. Uh, Karen and Gary are at the back. Uh, you can also receive prayer there if you don't want to come to the front. So expect the movement of the Holy Spirit this morning and you are here because God has called you here. He is going to do mighty work among us this morning. So let's start with a question. Why did the Holy Spirit come? Why did the Holy Spirit come? And we're going to, we're going to talk about that this morning. Now, do you know that we can change the world? Do you know that we can save the world? And here's the answer. How we can save the world? Humans, human beings, with the good news, through the Holy Spirit, can change the world. 
right? human being with the good news through the Holy Spirit that lives in us, that dwells in us, can save the world. Now, by, by the word through the Spirit, it means through the Holy Spirit that lives in us with the message of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ can save the world. Now, when I say this, I'm not saying it because I have read it, I have heard it. I'm saying it because I believe this with all of my heart. I believe this with all of my heart that Santa Clara First Baptist Church, are you hearing me, Santa Clara First Baptist Church? Santa Clara First Baptist Church can save the world. The world that we are connected to. You will not hear me say this uh, many times because I don't say things pompously. Uh, when I was young and arrogant and uh, I have, I, I can, I'm on the top of the world, I, maybe I'll say these things. But I want you to hear this. Your pastor stands here this morning without a doubt in his heart and totally believing in God that we, Santa Clara First Baptist Church, can change the world and save the world that we are connected to. And you will get to see it with your own, with your own eyes what the Lord will do in the days, months, and years to come. You can, you can come to me and, Pastor, you say that. You can say that to me. Okay? You can say that to me. But I'm not going to say this every Sunday. But I want you to know that. I want you to know that we can save and change the world. Why? Because the Holy Spirit came. Because the Holy Spirit came. Three things we will look at. The Holy Spirit came because He is the promised one of the Father. Christ promised that the Holy Spirit will come. The Holy Spirit came to spread the message of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit came to build the church of Jesus Christ. On these three things we will look at. So when you go to the Bible in Acts chapter 2, the Word of God says, it started with, uh, when, when the day of Pentecost has come. It started with that word, when the day of Pentecost has come. Now let's stay there, because Acts chapter 2 is such a dynamic, powerful chapter. In fact, Acts chapter 1 and 2 is such a powerful, dynamic scripture. Most of you don't read Acts. Because somewhere, some time ago, when you were young, somebody had told you weird stuff about the Holy Spirit. You have read somewhere weird stuff about the Holy Spirit, and you just pass by Acts. You don't read Acts because, oh, this Holy Spirit is spooky and crazy, and people who talk about the Holy Spirit are kind of weird. No, I want to tell you this morning, I want you to have an open mind and change your prejudice, because if you read Acts chapter 1 and 2, like you read Genesis chapter 1 and 2, you will understand the powerful, dynamic word that changed the history of the world. Read Acts 1 and 2 like you read Acts, Genesis 1 and 2. This is potent, powerful. This is the beginning and the creation of the church. This is the second creation. And you can read that in Acts chapter 1 and 2. And I wish I have like whole day to expound to you this word. But I'll do my best. In this Acts chapter 2. And the word will sometimes get stuck in a word. So on the day of Pentecost. What is Pentecost? Because the Holy Spirit, when did He come? On the day of Pentecost. Pentecost in Greek, Greek means the 50th. 50 days. So seven weeks you celebrate. According to the Jewish tradition. And on the first day after the seven weeks. You celebrate the feast of week. 
This is known as the Pentecost. What is Pentecost? You celebrate that on that day, God gave the law, the five books, the Torah to Moses at Mount Sinai. And also you bring the first fruit on that day. And you celebrate that. So you may ask, hmm, why would the Holy Spirit come on Pentecost? Did the disciples know that he was going to come on the Pentecost day? Or it just happened? Just like that. There was no coincidence. There was no correlation. Let me tell you. It's not by accident. You know why? Because Jesus is the first fruit who rose from the dead. Right? And that first fruit who rose from the dead and you connect with that first fruit on Pentecost day and he promised that he is going to send the Holy Spirit and he came on the Pentecost and when you go to Romans 8.23 we are known as the first fruit of the Holy Spirit we have the first fruit of the Holy Spirit you jump to the end in Revelation 14 and they will know that God's people are known as the first fruit This is not by accident that the first fruit who rose from the dead sent the Holy Spirit to the first fruits. You and I, the disciples, gifted and called so that we can declare other people the good news. Yes? And if you do that, we can change the world. And this happened on Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost had come, they were all with one accord. Now let's stay at that one accord. What is one accord? In Greek, it means one mind, one passion. One mind, one passion. So, what were they doing there? On the day of Pentecost, with one accord, they have one mind and one passion. And who is that? Somebody. Jesus. There were about 120 people there, men, women, from different walks of life. I'm sure they don't agree on what clothes to wear, what food to eat. Right? They don't agree on every, everything. But there's one thing that they agree on. That is that they have one mind and one passion for Jesus. And as they had one mind and one passion for Jesus and waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, oh my goodness, He came like the noise and the sound of a rushing mighty wind, which is the name of the Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit is wind, it's the breath, it's the breath of life. Numa is breath, is wind. Ruach is breath, is wind. Fitting, isn't it? He didn't just come slowly. He came in with a mighty rushing wind. And there is a purpose for that. There is a purpose for that. That's uh, just one and two already. See? I'm saying this too. Acts chapter 2 is powerful stuff. And... When they come there, uh, we heard them speaking in our own tongues. The wonderful works of God. Why did the Holy Spirit come on the Pentecost? Uh, It came because He was the promised one that God said He will send, that we can spread the good news. But He also came with a message. Because what is the first message of the Holy Spirit? When he came, he didn't just come to show off his wind power. Right? The divided tongues of fire. 
We get stuck at that. The church gets stuck on the tongues of fire and the tongues that they speak. And you have been arguing forever what are the tongues that people are speaking. Oh, these tongues are crazy people, right? You get stuck at that. It's the surface. I want you to go to the deeper meaning of what it means. So I'm not going to talk about the fire as fire. Tongue cloven or divided as tongues as a fire. I want to talk at the meaning. Right? So when that tongue came, the picture of the tongue, the Spirit gave an utterance. That is what is more important. The message. What was the message? It was the wonderful works of God. Yes. And all of them were speaking in different tongues about one passion, Jesus. They were all speaking about Jesus there. And the whole world under heaven had gathered there, devout men from many nations. And the known civilization at that time, Egyptian, Parthians, Medes, Asia, all Mesopotamia, all the known civilization, people from that world had come there, and they get to hear these people speak with one passion on the wondrous work of God about Jesus Christ. One tongue. Now let me talk to you about this, because this is very important. This is very important. This would remind you about tongues in Genesis. Okay? In Genesis. Babel. Right. So after the flood, I'm feeling it. Yes. Yes. After the flood, people said, let us build a city. People in the land of Shinar said, we'll build a city, a a tower that will reach the heaven. And we are going to build this because we don't want to be scattered in the face of the earth. So let us build it that we will stay in one place. We will stay in one place. God came down and visited the city and found out that people have gathered together to build a city that will go to heaven. And what were they saying for? We will not scattered in the surface of the earth. And God wasn't happy. And he realized, he realized the power of language. And he said, let us divide the language. Hoping that there will be a new vision when he scattered these people, that a new vision would unfold one day, that a language that is as powerful, that is divine, will unite in one accord. Okay? Now stay with me here. So the language in Babel, what was the language? It was a language of competition to God. It was a language of condemnation. It was a language of cursing. Let me explain this to you. Noah. Noah. When God came to Noah, and God said, you build an ark, I'm going to destroy this whole creation that I've created. I'm so angry, I'm so disappointed with them, they've become so wicked. Do you know that Noah was silent? Noah was silent throughout. He didn't say a word to God. He didn't say a word to God. God, please forgive the people. Why do I have to build the ark? Why is it me? Can you find some? Noah was silent throughout. Before, during the flood. And he spoke a word 
after the flood. Genesis chapter 9. If you're taking notes, you can write down this in Genesis chapter 9. Okay? And after the flood. And then when he opened his mouth, you would expect like a word that would blow our mind, right? No. Noah was naked and drunk. And the first word that came out of his mouth was cursed to be, curse you, Canaan. The first word that came out of Noah was cursing his own son, Canaan. And he said to Canaan, you will be a servant to your brother Shem forever. And you will also serve your brother Japheth. The power of language. This generation, this, don't just look at the Tower of Babel. This has continued. The generation of Noah was a language of cursing, of condemnation. It's of competition. And this is carried on and you come to the tower at the, in the land of Shinar and people are competing with God. And the cursing words has continued. And the words of condemnation has continued. This has to be reversed with a word of compassion. With a word of love, with a word of forgiveness and healing. When did that happen? It happened on the day of Pentecost. When the people reversed the language of Babel and spoke about the wondrous work of God. It wasn't a language of condemnation. It wasn't a language of cursing and competition to God. Do you see that? Yes. Amen. I know today you will take a little bit of your thought and thinking. Now, I want you to expand your mind and let the Holy Spirit seep into your mind to make these things happen. This is, that's why I say this is as important as Genesis 1 and 2. Acts chapter 1 and 2 is very powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. So, many of you are working in great company. And you are designer, you create. You are taking care of your employees, 30, 40 of you working under you. In this great city, in one of the most powerful places in the world. That's where we are right now. What is the language that you speak? Is it the language of competition, condemnation, and cursing? Demeaning, destroying, or are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Speaking the language of compassion, love, healing, and forgiveness. Because the Spirit of the Lord came, so you will have that message. He didn't just come to show off the fire-like tongues. He came to fill your heart with compassion, with love, with words of healing, and redeem other people, and reverse what happened in Shinar at the Tower of Babel. These are the countries, if you can see the map there, all the people from this world, Parthia, Elam, Mesopotamia, Pontus, you know, Rome, Libya, Egypt, Jerusalem, Arabia. This is the modern world that would look like. People from all over the world has come. And the good thing about the Holy Spirit is, He will never speak about His own. He will speak the things that He hears from the Lord God Almighty. You heard that in John 16. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. 
The 120 disciples were speaking what they were hearing, what the Holy Spirit was hearing from God and from Christ. And they were uttering about the wonderful works of God that He sent His Son Jesus Christ to die for us, to redeem us, and to forgive of our mistakes and mess and sin. And He is here. This is the good news. And they were talking about that. And people heard it and they were amazed. They were amazed. When in Babel, people were confused. The dividing of the language confused them and they were scattered to all parts of the world. When the Holy Spirit came, there was no confusion. It was a clear communication of the wondrous work of God. When the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is no confusion. There is clarity. There is clarity. And it shall come upon that whoever calls on calls on. I want to talk about this. The word calls on in Greek. It means to put a surname. To put a surname. So if I say Steve, can you please come forward? Then we have like three, four Steve here so they wouldn't know which Steve they're talking about because I see the Steve smiling. Is it me? Is it me? Right? But if I say Steve Erling, can you come? Steve Erling will come because I have put a surname to that Steve. Call on means you put a surname. You possess a surname. Before your name, you own a surname. Call on to whom? Call on to Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. If you put a surname to the person that you're calling, He will save you. He will change your life. You call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Save is a Greek word. It's called sozo. Right? It means it will prevent you from being destroyed. You will not be destroyed. You will not perish. You will be protected from evil. That's sozo. It will heal you. It will bring wholeness and well-being to your life. Sozo. And also, it will save you from condemnation, the messianic condemnation later on in the last picture of the judgment, that you will have salvation. This word salvation is so broad in Greek. Healing, protecting you from evil, protecting you from being destroyed, to perish and to bring wholeness to you. If you call on the surname, Jesus Christ, you will have protection from destruction, protection from evil things. You will be healed. You will have well-being. Don't you want that? Who, the, who wants to be destroyed this morning? Who wants to have pain this morning? Who wants to let evil overcome you this morning? Right. But who wants to be healed? Who wants to be well? Who wants to be whole? Oh yeah, I want that. I don't want to be the drunken Noah every morning and cursing my wife. Actually, I, I'm naked and drunk every day and I curse my wife. Oh, thank you. <laughs> my son is saying they will believe you. So he said, they, I don't believe you because he's my witness. It doesn't happen like that. Because the other day when we were having this uh, um, rummage sale, I have one of the youth mentor come and they were looking at a wine opener. And my son said, what is this? And the youth mentor said, I'm glad you didn't know. You don't know what this is. <laughs> So you can know what is happening in my house. Call on the name, shall be saved. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. 
That's the message. The difference between Peter and Noah is that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he spoke the message. The first sermon was about Christ. He was drunk, but not with alcohol. He was drunk with the Holy Spirit. Noah was drunk. He was truly drunk with alcohol. And he cursed his son and brought division among his sons all their lives. That's the difference. I would like you to be drunk with the Holy Spirit. So your language will be a language of unity, of love and compassion that can heal the world. Now that is not so crazy when you talk about the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Because before you were talking about all oh, these tongues and crazy people, this and that, because there was your misconception. You didn't open your heart to the Holy Spirit to truly learn who He is. For me, the Holy Spirit is more than a friend. In our prayer, they ask me, Pastor, who do you think the Holy Spirit is to you? I say, He's more than a friend. He's like a coach who doesn't yell to me, right? He's like a coach who doesn't yell, who doesn't have a foul mouth. He's coaching me. He's like a mentor to me. Oh my goodness. When I encountered the Holy Spirit, I was about 21. And it was a Sunday worship. And the preaching is going on. And so we're going to pray for the Spirit of God to touch you. And I have made myself. I was one of those guys weird about the Holy Spirit. And say, I'm not going to do anything here. Just sit quietly under the radar. Well, I found myself standing right in front in the pulpit. In self-abandoned men. And I'm crying so loud. And I'm trying to control my crying. I couldn't control my crying. I'm shaking. It was like an electricity has run through my body. And I'm there. And everyone sees. In self-abandoned men. The Spirit of the Lord came and captured me. And introduced Himself to me on that day. And said, I'm so real and so personal to you. And this is how you will walk and live your life. If you walk with me. Oh my. It was... Out of this world. Literally, he was out of this world. And that's the Holy Spirit that I know. The one who deeply cares for you. The one who deeply cares for you. It changed my life forever. Changed my life forever. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostle, Men and brethren, what shall we do? The first message of the Holy Spirit was about the wonderful works of God. The first message that the disciple preached, Peter, was about the Savior, that Jesus Christ is Lord. What was the first response to the message from the people? It was cut to their heart. It means there was a sting in that heart, in Greek. There was a sting. People felt the sting. Maybe like a syringe going through. They said, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent. And received the Lord Jesus. And what happened? 3,000 people. 3,000 people were saved that day. That was the beginning of the church. When I went to India for a mission trip, me and my family. I came into the church and somebody grabbed my hand and pulled into the parlor. There were a lot of people there and handed me an envelope and said, I want you to, I want to, I want you to use this to buy bikes for the orphans where you're going. I'm like, so I'm saying, why do people do this kind of thing? 
I mean, I just realized some people are just different. You know? And you know why they're different? Because they have the Holy Spirit. They're just different. So I say, why are you doing this? I say, the Holy Spirit led me to do this. So I was very touched. Then I came back from India, from the mission trip. And one day, one of our members came to me and said, Pastor, I'm going to increase my giving to the orphans 100% as long as I can and as long as I'm able. And I'm thinking, why do they do this? Right? Turn to people, why are you doing this? And the person said, I was led by the Holy Spirit to do this. Right? Don't you want to be a part of such organization? I would love to be an organization that hears the Holy Spirit and acts on it, take care of the poor and show compassion and love because I know this can heal the world. And you know where that organization is? It's right here. The church, the church that Christ built with the message from the Holy Spirit, with the message about love and compassion, forgiveness and healing and redemption and people are living and acting right here I want to be a part of that organization and this is a great organization yes